Welcome to the Renovate Church Sermon Podcast. At Renovate Church, we are passionate about teaching God's Word in such a way that you really get to know the heart and character of God and where you can apply the truth of Scripture to every aspect of living. We believe that God's Word is relevant and has the power to transform your life. We're excited for this most recent sermon and we hope it blesses and encourages you. Can I just say, Jen, that was one of the greatest prayers I have ever heard. And I mean, just thank you so much just to to really, really, really think through that opportunity to pray over our teachers and and our young ones as they go into this school year and and grow and grow and give us parents a little freedom. So my name is Manny, uh, one of the members here at Renovate, and uh, it's just uh, greetings from my family. So excited. Our kids are growing, all seven of them. Uh, Josh is doing good, really looking forward to going and visiting him at Parents Weekend uh, in Colorado, and then Manny's Parent Weekend in, in Texas, and uh, and then so got two in college and five more to go. So my, my journey is far from being over in that sense. So, but, um, but again, I'm so excited to be here. I'm so excited to share this word today. One, because it truly resonates in my heart, in my life. And, and I, it's very much a, a, just an honor to be here. And having been now a Christian for 27 years... Seeing God work through people that have imparted and have given me the opportunity to really understand the word, how to walk in my Christian faith. And, and as, as it was said, we're starting a series called DNA. And in this series, you're going to be learning a lot about discipleship and how to continue to grow your faith and help others grow their faith as well. And I really encourage you that to, to go through that series, just like the last series, Help My Family in a Tremendous Way, I would say that this series is going to be just invaluable to your life and to the lives around you. And if you can't make it, we record the services, so you'll be able to watch them there. And, and I just pray God's anointing in hand on this, on this series specifically, because it is, as you will see, it's an imperative message that needs to go to the church today, and I truly believe that our, our pastor has heard from God in this season, that this is the message for our body, and especially for it to grow. So to share with you a little bit about my life and a little bit of my testimony, I grew up in South Florida, and I grew up in South Florida. My dad's Cuban, mom's Dominican. They met in New York like every Cuban and Dominican does, and then they migrate down to, to Miami, and uh, I grew up there, went to, to, to private schools, like Catholic private schools down there, and that really laid a foundation in my faith, right, about who Jesus was, who God was, and, and all of that. And I went through uh, Catholic school all the way from kindergarten to high school, and then I graduated, and I went to Florida State in Florida. Go Knowles. So I get to Florida State, and I major in engineering of the destruction of your soul, Okay. <laughs> Honestly, I, I, was, I was prepared to send Satan the best resume ever. I got there, I started partying, I started drinking, and everything else that came along with that kind of a lifestyle. 
And I just kept doing it until one day, I honestly remember driving. I'll never forget, I was driving one day, and I remember just going, what am I living for? What am I living for? It was the first time I ever drove. I'm always really good about putting on my seatbelt. And that day, I didn't want to put my seatbelt in. It was actually the first time I was like, I don't care if I go on or not. And I never forget driving my car that day and, and I was driving and I heard the audible voice of God tell me, if you search for me, you will find me. It's clear as day. And that began a journey for me. I started going to church every day. It happened to just, that word came to me, just so happened it was the start of the Lenten season. And so you give up something or you take on something for 40 days. So I said to God, I'm going to go to church every day for the next 40 days. So I would go to church for 40 days. So I would, I would just go to Mass and I would sit there and I would just listen and I would listen to the word and whatnot. And in this 40-day journey, I happened to go to a nightclub one night and I met this girl. And, and I go back to church the next day, and I'll never forget this. True story, true story. I got before God, and I said, God, now that I'm searching after you, now that I'm going all in trying to commit my life to you, why do you put this girl in my way? And I sat there, and it hit me like a ton of bricks, like, what am I doing? What am I saying? That I'm about to put this girl before God and that this is going to be the hindrance to me continuing to develop a relationship with him. And so I went back to this girl and I said, hey, listen, I can't do this. Truth be told, I cannot do this. I'm, I'm starting to try to search after God and, and this isn't right. And, and it just so happened that her dad was a deacon at a church in Miami. And she was like, Wow why don't you come and visit my dad's church? And so I get in there. I get to the service one day. He was, he was preaching. I actually got off work, got off late, got to the service. Service was wrapping up. I was sitting in the front. He was wrapping up. And the pastor came up and he said, he started to give a call for salvation. And he looked at me. And I just happened to be in the front row. And, and he looked at me and he said, son, are, are you saved? And I think at that moment, I just knew enough to say no. <laughs> he goes, do you want to get saved? I was like, yeah. Not really knowing what I was about to get into. He said, come up here. So I come up to the top, to the, to the, to the podium, and I, and I grab the pastor's hands, and he starts leading me in through a prayer. And as he's leading me into a prayer, I'm, I'm thinking of everybody who's staring at me. I'm sitting here. I'm closing my eyes. He's praying to me. He's praying. He's having me repeat this prayer. And I'm going, you know what? I'm going to close myself off. I'm not going to care about who's looking at me. I'm really going to concentrate on what I'm praying right here. And I'm going to focus. And that word, that audible voice came back. And it said, now that you've searched for me, you have found me. And that, right there, was my beginning. And then started this amazing adventure of trying to navigate through my faith and my flesh. For two years, I was stumbling through my faith and my flesh and trying to 
learn more about God and learn more about this new faith and learn more about all of this stuff. And yet my flesh was still pulling me back into certain habits and certain patterns and, and things as I was trying to, to go back and forth and, and trying to move forward. So I was still moving forward one step, couple steps back, still moving forward a couple steps, couple steps back. But I was, I, was, I was trying to figure this out. And this went on for two years until I met this man. If you guys can put this picture up. Gi Nam Lim. Tell you a little bit about Lim. Lim was a naval architect student in Singapore. He goes to college in Singapore. He's not only a he graduates as naval architecture. He's a tank commander in the Singaporean army. Kung Fu instructor at the university. When it comes to leadership, he probably read every leadership book imaginable on a trajectory towards corporate leadership. Probably could be the most amazing CEO of any Fortune 500 company. But one day when he was a college student on the campus, he heard somebody preach this scripture, Galatians 2.20. I've been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in this body, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loves me and gave himself for me. That day, Lim was hit like I was hit by the word of God. In such an incredible way that it, it, it totally shifted and turned his life in a new direction. And he realized that from that moment on, it was no longer him that was going to live. But Christ lived through him. And he started growing in the scriptures and in the Lord and, and getting discipled. And he had a, a burden to want to see that done in the lives of many people. So he sat before God and said, God, I want to go into the world and help others grow. Where do I go? And God said, go to the United States. Okay, I'll go to the United States. But what do I do? I'm a naval architect. He's like, what problem can I help them with? He started realizing Americans are fat. They struggle with obesity. Really? Okay. I will study fitness. So he goes off and he studies fitness. He goes to the University of Alabama and he gets a master's in exercise science. So that he can become the best in this industry, which will then expose him to a multitude of people so that he can minister to them the gospel. So this is now where my testimony comes in and this message comes in. I want us to look through the book of Matthew and as we dive into the book of Matthew, we're going to see three discipleship principles that God wants us to understand so that we can also 
do this that God has called us to do, which is go and make disciples of all nations, teaching them to obey everything that he has commanded. First thing, first principle, it's intentional. It's intentional. If I, Lim was intentional with what he was deciding to do. Jesus was intentional. In Matthew chapter 4, 18, it says, One day as Jesus was walking along the shore beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, also called Peter, and Andrew, fishing with a net. For they were commercial fishermen. Jesus called out to them, Come be my disciples. I will show you how to fish for people. And they left their nets and once and went with him. A little farther up on the shore, he saw two other brothers, James and John, sitting in the boat with their father, Zebedee, mending their nets. And he called to them to come. Two, they immediately followed him, leaving the boat and their father behind. You know, I think it was with great intention that Jesus was at those fishing docks. I believe that it wasn't just by chance that he was just walking in the fishing docks. I think that he had visited those fishing docks a lot. And I think that as he was walking by, I think that he was seeing different individual fishermen. And he was looking at them and he was studying them and he was watching them. And, and maybe he was seeing two of the fishermen, every time they got off their boat, they would, they would give an extra fish out. To somebody who was poor. And maybe that caught his eye. Maybe he, he, he looked at two of them that were highly just engrossed in their work and doing it with excellence. And as he looked at them and he maybe walked close to them and he would hear them chiming about there has to be more to life than just fishing. There has to be more to my life than just fishing. And, and just doing this day in and day out. What are we doing? How are we changing this world? And I can just imagine he goes up to those two. Because he sees a call. He sees this desire for something greater. And he says, hey, hey, do you want to be more than just fishermen? Yes, we do. I can show you how to really be a fisherman of life, of men. Absolutely, that has been what we've been looking for. And they drop their nets. I can, I can see him walking into a, 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 the IRS where everybody pays their taxes. And he sees Matthew there. And he sees him struggling, struggling. With cheating people out of their finances and things like that. That's not a plug at all. I'm not trying to say anything. I'm just saying. And he's seeing this burden on him. And he says, do you want to do something greater? Come and follow me. And he goes to this other place where he sees Luke who is known to be a physician, and he's seeing people and, and his heart breaking because he's seeing people dying and, and not getting healed, and he's seeing them, and he's like, do you want to see them really healed? Come, follow me. 
and he and he goes on this journey trying to get a broad spectrum of different individuals he goes into different marketplaces looking for a broad spectrum of individuals that he can who who want to continue to grow and want to know more about God but that will also have a platform to speak to those that they come in contact with in their daily drives. So don't run from where you are, where God has you. That's an opportunity to have influence in the lives of those that are there, teachers, on a daily basis. You come into contact with students and other teachers. I love that prayer, Jillian, not only in the classroom, but also in the teacher's lounge. Because that's where a lot of ministry will go on. That's where people open up about what's going on at home and what's going on in their lives and what issues they're dealing with. And you are this agent that can come in and give God's solution, God's remedy, bring God into their life so they can change their lives. I'll never forget, when I first started my health and fitness career, I, I had the opportunity of getting hired on at the Florida State Fitness Center, which was, at that time, one of the top fitness centers in the country, of which Lim was the director of that program. And when you got hired, you went through this long, grueling Five-day training, eight hours a day, learning physiology, training, programming, all of the nuances of fitness and how to get people in shape. And at the end of that training, Lim had this tradition of inviting everybody to his house for a potluck dinner. And so we all got to his house. Again, I'm not a Christian. I'm not, I'm not fully saved fully devoted, and I remember, this was when I was still preparing that resume for Satan, <laughs> and, and I go to this, I go to this uh, potluck dinner at his house, and right before we're going to eat, he says, I would like to pray over our meal, okay, awkward, but okay, and he prays like I've never heard anybody pray. And he ends the prayer by saying, and if anybody doesn't know you, Father, I pray that they would come to know you. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's eat. And that was it. That's all that he said. And the rest of the night, it was jovial. We were hanging out. We were talking about the grueling training week, all of that. But there was something in that prayer that was used to plant a seed in my life that then marked him as somebody who later on, God would use to say, you need to learn more, go to him. And as my walk continued, I came to know Christ. I came back in that two-year period where I was fumbling in my faith. And I was invited again by someone else to a Bible study, and it just so happened to be at Lim's house. And I go. 
And afterwards, Lim said, hey, let's go have some dinner. And we sat there at dinner, and I was talking to him, and I remember, <clears throat> I remember talking to him, and I said to him, I was like, Lim, do you remember, I came back from the summer that I got saved, you didn't know, and I came to you, and I said to you, hey, guess what, I got saved. And then afterward, you uniquely just, you asked me, you asked me a question, and then from there, you never really kind of approached me anymore. And he goes, yeah. He goes, you remember what I asked you? And I was like, no. He goes, I asked you if you were still dating that girl. And I was like, yeah. He said, I knew it was over. I knew you weren't ready yet. And he just backed away. It was such wisdom. He knew that I was still struggling through things. And I really wasn't willing yet to still completely deny everything. But at that moment, I said, I want more, Lim. I want more. And he started sharing with me more. And he was like, do you want to fish for men? And I was like, absolutely. And then he said, okay, come follow me. And so I did. It's intentional. He was intentional. He was intentional from the beginning. Jesus was also intentional. Discipleship is intentional. It's something that you have to go set out and do. It doesn't just happen by chance. Yes, there are times where it just will easily come into your life, where people will come in and ask you, hey, can you help me to walk? But then at the same time, it's also something that you have to set out to go do. And open up your eyes and open up your spiritual ears to hear the hurt, hear the cry of people's heart, hear when they are asking that they want more. That'll help you, help you a lot in, in selecting and helping those that really want to go to that next level. The next thing that we learn in Matthew is that discipleship is instructional. It's instructional. And one of the things that I know with teachers is that teachers have certain patterns and certain systems to teach the message that they have to teach. And one of the things that helps those patterns to be really great is if those patterns can be transferable. Can they be repeated? Can they be reproduced? Correct? We're going to jump back to one of my all-time favorite movies, and that's Karate Kid. I think it's one of the best movies that shows this in example. I believe that when Danielson gets to this new place where him and his mom moved to, and he's, he's confronted with a dilemma where he's getting bullied, and he's trying to not have that happen anymore and Mr. Miyagi kind of from the side he's a he's the maintenance manager of this of this complex and he's seeing this young kid struggling who picked up a book about martial arts and he's fumbling through it and he's and he's looking at him until until he's really confronted and he's done with it he's had it and then Mr. Miyagi takes him on as a student and this instructional pattern that Mr. Miyagi has starts unfolding. And it starts by teaching. 
and, and he starts teaching Danielson, hey, Danielson, I need you to paint this fence. And I need you to paint it like this and paint it like this and paint it like this. And he starts, and as he starts doing it, he's messing up. No, 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 no. Up, down, up, down. And then he's telling him, hey, I need you to sand the floor. And I need you to make circles like this. And he starts, no, 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 no. Like this. And then like this. And then, okay, now go ahead and sand the whole floor. And Danielson every day is coming back, painting the fence, sanding the floor, all of this, until he's just utterly frustrated. And then Miyagi goes, okay, now that you've been taught, I need to show you where this all comes together. And he starts punching them, and, and, the, and, the, and the painting strokes are actually blocking techniques, and the sanding strokes are blocking techniques, and it, and it all comes together, and he shows them what to do. And then, after he's taught him, after he's shown him, he, we got to go do. We got to go compete. And he puts Danielson into a tournament, and, and he gets him to do it. And after every match, he makes corrections, sends him back out, do it. After every match, do it. He wants to quit because he gets hurt. What do you want to do? You want to quit? No. Okay. Let's put you back together. Let's send you back. And you win. And then, the third and the best part of the whole teaching process, repeat, Karate Kid Part 2. He sends him to Okinawa. And in Okinawa, he starts showing him a new technique. Where this big crane comes down, nearly tears off his shirt. And he starts teaching him how to do this swivel technique. And then he starts showing him it's this drum technique. Danielson almost kills himself on the pier one time. And he brings him back. And he's showing him. And, it, and then at the end, again, an opportunity to do. And I think that is that, that same pattern, we see it here in the book of Matthew. Teach, show, do, repeat. If you teach, and uh, I know I'm confusing you guys back there, but teaching. If we go into Matthew, and, and we're not going to do it for the sake of time. If you start, and I, I would really love for you guys to read the book of Matthew this week. And, and if you go through chapters 5 through 7, it's just Jesus teaching. He starts by the Sermon on the Mount. He starts teaching about salt and light. He starts teaching about the law. He starts teaching about giving to the needy. He starts teaching about fasting and how to fast. He starts teaching about prayer. He starts teaching about judging and judging others and what does that mean. He starts teaching about how to handle worry and anxiety. He starts teaching about money and how to manage your money and how to, how to give to the Lord. He starts teaching about being productive in the kingdom of God. He starts teaching about healing. He's teaching, 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 teaching. And then Jesus switches gears and he starts doing and showing. And in Matthew 8 through 9, he starts healing people. He starts going and laying hands and going, Luke, remember when you wanted to heal people? Here we go. We're healing. Look at this. 
He starts creating miracles. He starts calming the seas when there's storms. And he starts showing them, look, when there's storms in your life, you can calm the seas if you just reach out to God. And he starts teaching them. He, he heals a paralyzed man, the most, the, almost the impossible. He restores a woman who had a chronic illness. He models praying to the disciples for the laborers to be sent into the harvest. And then he switches gears again. And in Matthew 10, he sends them out to go do. And he says, go now. Now, I want you guys, you, I've taught you, I've shown you, now get ready, and you're going to go. And he starts that chapter by telling them, this is what you're going to do. You're not going to take a lot of stuff with you. You're going to go into these houses. If they welcome you, go ahead, go in there. I want you to go. I want you to pray. I want you to heal the sick. I want you to cast out demons. I want you to share everything that I've shared with you and I've taught you, and I want you to go. And then, repeat. Chapters 11 through 25, he repeats it again. They go out, they go do, they come back and say, hey, hey, uh, we tried to cast out this demon and it just almost tore us up. What do we do? Good, guess what? That one didn't have enough faith. Go do it again. Okay, go back out. Hey, hey, we did this, we did this. We almost got stoned. Told you it was going to happen. Go back out. You know, hey, 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 we, 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 great things have happened. Awesome, guys. Great, great, great testimonies. That's amazing. Go back out there and now grow them back up. They would go out, come back, go out, come back, go out, come back. Process after process, teaching them, instructing them, helping them, growing them, maturing them. It was the same for me. I started this journey with Lim, and as I started going and meeting with him and he started teaching me the word and he was like okay now that I've taught you now that I've shown you it's time to start a bible study here in the fitness center really yes really invite people to a weekly bible study for the fitness instructors you sure yeah okay I will Typed up my little note, put it on the fitness desk, taped it. If you'd like, hey, come on out Thursday night, my apartment. We're going to do a little Bible study just for the fitness instructors. I get a call from HR. Hey, uh, I don't think you should be able to do this. Lim, what do I do? Told you you were going to get persecuted. It's okay. Let's pray. Let's keep pressing in. Okay. First night, four people show up, come back. Man, this guy showed up. This girl showed up. It was cool. Awesome. What happened? All right. We did this, 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 this. Okay, cool. Come back. Hey, come back the next week. That person didn't show up. It's okay. You got to keep being consistent. Don't quit. Hey, come back. One of my frat brothers came. His name is Brian. He came. Yeah, okay. Manny, do you meet with him any other time outside of the Bible study? No, why not? It's only going to be a transactional relationship. Take him out for lunch. Okay. Matt, 
Brian gave his life to Christ. Go back. Hey, Brian's struggling with this. Okay, awesome. What scriptures are you going to encourage him with? Go back. Brian, this is a good scripture to help you grow. Two weeks later, Lim, he fell. I don't know what to do. I'm failing. No, it takes time. They're growing. They're maturing, growing, maturing, growing. Awesome. Now, Brian married three children, North Carolina, running for a representative in his community, has planted over 10 churches, leading a international ministry that's worldwide, has gone to every state in the United States and prayed at every capital in this country. Solid man of God who's transformed thousands of lives. And then, okay, Manny, Bible study. Let's repeat. You've graduated now. What are you going to do? I think I'm going to go start a ministry at the local university here called FAMU, Florida A&M University. And... How are you going to support yourself? I'm going to go into full-time ministry. Okay. How are you going to raise funds for that? Okay. And a process again started, and I got onto the campus, and I started preaching the gospel on the campus, and students coming and going back, and again, that process of repeating, and then it went into leading a, a, a missions ministry and, and, and developing missions teams to go around, and again, that lifeline of continuing to grow. Teach, show, repeat, teach, show, repeat, teach, show, repeat. And that process maturing me and growing me. You know, <clears throat> those years were so crucial on so many levels to help really establish my faith and to help cement in reality what this word really meant in my life. And the, the invaluable times that I spent not only being discipled myself but discipling others, I can honestly say it's the greatest treasure of my life. It's the greatest investment I've ever made in this, in this, on this earth into people so that they too can grow. Lastly, it's imperative. Imperative. You know, up to chapter 25, <clears throat> Jesus is... Showing, teaching, showing, doing, repeating. And then he goes into his personal mission, which was to die. And he, he undertakes that mission where he needs to go and accomplish the mission that God, his father, sent him to do. Because discipleship can't do what Jesus did. 
And that is pay the ultimate price so that we can have eternal life. But that was a huge part that he needed to undergo that was the seal of approval needed so that we can then do it. And in Matthew 28, 18, it says this. Jesus came and told his disciples, he's already risen from the dead. He's already come back and he's shown himself to them. Correct? And he's sharing with them. And he goes, I have been given complete authority in heaven and on earth. I have been given complete authority on heaven and earth. I, what I just did, you couldn't do. I had to live a sinless life. You couldn't do that. I had to come from man but also be divine. You couldn't do that. I had to give my life willingly without blemish. You couldn't do that. But I did. And because of that, my Father in heaven gave me an authority. Gave me a position. Gave me a place that now... I'm giving to you. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands that, remember that I taught you, all the commands that I showed you, all the commands that you guys were going out and doing and repeating, all those things that we sat night after night debating and talking about and all of those things that we, that these four guys already recorded. No, I'm just saying that all of these things that we have discussed in these last three years, all of those things, go and teach them how to obey all those commands that I have given you. And be sure of this, that I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Could I have the worship team come up? I shared this before with you guys, and I think one of the, the greatest illustrations in my own personal life that kind of helped me to understand this authority transfer was when I became a sheriff in Louisiana. And interestingly enough, when I became a sheriff in Louisiana, I really was trying to understand the difference at the time between police and sheriffs and how they had a broader district and all of those things. And and I remember the day that I was deputized as a sheriff, and I made an oath. And the person who administered that oath was the sheriff of that county. And 
as I understood the role of the sheriff, that the sheriff in, in this county was the second highest authority under the governor, and that I too am called a sheriff. And when he's deputizing me, what he is saying is, you are a sheriff. You're not a junior sheriff. You're not a sheriff in training. You're not sheriff, you know, 2.0. You're not little sheriff. No, 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 no. You are sheriff. Me and you share the same title. And I'm giving you, and I'm deputizing you, and I'm giving you the same authority that I have. Because I can't be at all places at all times. And so when you walk into that restaurant, on duty or off duty, you are me in that area. And when you go to this place or that place, you are me in that area. And you have my authority to represent me and your county in that area. And Today, God is saying the same to you. That I am giving you this authority that has been given to me from my Father in heaven to do what I have done and to represent me on this earth. At your workplace, obviously in your home, in your business, walk out of these doors I need you to go and to teach all that I've commanded in this word to them so that they can have fullness of life so that they can come into their purpose and plans so that they can come into all that I've called them to do so that they can be healed and have them do it as well. Look at what happened when Jesus took three years to empower 12 men. Still today, we are the byproduct of that discipleship. We are here today because he took the time to find 12 men and to impart in that time everything that he could impart. And today, we're here because of that. We are here because of that. The harvest is plentiful. The harvest is plentiful. Jesus said, don't pray for the harvest. The harvest is plenty. Pray for the laborers. Pray for those that are going to go out. Nothing worse than for a farmer to look upon a field of fruit but not have enough people to pick that fruit. And not have enough people that will be willing to go and get that fruit. And if we don't get them, guess what? It rots. 
it starts questioning whether or not God is real. It starts fumbling through their faith, going back and forth, and not fully getting to where they're called to be. So laborers, I think that as we continue on in this series, you're going to get rich nuggets that are going to help you take on that call. And guys, it's, you don't have to be a super Christian. It's just being willing. That's all. Just willing to help somebody go. You just have to be just a little bit ahead. That's all. Sometimes they, those you disciple, will help you. And it's this amazing relationship that will continue to help you grow. Let me pray. God, I thank you so much for this time. I thank you so much for everyone here. Lord, as we continue to walk, as we continue to take on this call to deny ourselves, take up our cross and follow you. Father, as we embark on this journey, learning how to partner with you in the lives of people, help us open up our eyes to see those to hear with our ears them calling for you through their cries. Help us, Father, to align our priorities. Make time to intentionally go and do this. Holy Spirit, partner with us. Illuminate the scriptures. Teach us in those moments. Bring to life those scriptures that we need, those nuggets of truth that we can use to empower individuals. Father, give us the patience to walk this out with them. Father, give us the endurance to keep doing it over and over. Father, we thank you so much for this process that you've put in place called discipleship. And Father, thank you most of all for transferring to us the authority that you were free, that you were given, that you earned. You earned that authority. Thank you for giving it to us so that we can do this work with the tools that we need to do it. We appreciate you, Father. Thank you, Father, for all those that have taken up that call. Protect them. Be with them. Hey, we are so glad that you joined us for our service this morning. If you are interested in learning about how you can start a relationship with Jesus, we would love to be here to talk that through with you. The Bible says in 1 John 5, 12, that whoever has the Son has life. And we really believe that here at Renovate. So again, if you want to start a relationship with Jesus, if you're just interested in learning more about the faith, you have questions, we'd love to hear from you as well. Or if you want to grow as a follower of Jesus or get more involved in what we're doing, 
we'd love to hear from you. So just go ahead and comment on the platform that you're at or reach out to us by email at info at renovatechurch.com. Again, we're so glad you were able to join us. We hope you have a great week and we look forward to hearing from you soon.